Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, and JC. All we know and all we talk about is booty, booty. It's time to get this started tonight. Nicola Someone's on a, a diet. 69 calories. I bought a six pack of uh, light beers last weekend for the first mm. time in my life. What type? It was actually um, Sleeman's 2.0. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't that bad, but purely because I was watching the calorific intake. I did miss the real beer. I won't lie to you, but uh, it's a stepping stone. There's not Instead of having three of those, why don't you just have one normal beer? Because it wouldn't be one normal beer, would it, Craig? It would be three beers. <laughs> What's the point of having one beer? Who has one beer? I don't well, know. Calorie watch, Jimmy. Jimmy, <laughs> you, know who, you know who has one beer? Assholes. Mm. <laughs> like, just the one for me. Like if someone said to me, said, hey, Jimmy, let's go for a beer. Okay. And if I go out and they have one beer and they're like, okay, let's, let's go. I'll be like, what? No, 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 no. If we're, if we're going out, we're going to have a few beers. Can't just they have, have they one have meetings for beer. that, Jimmy. <laughs> no. If it's less than seven, it's not worth it. No, you just don't drink then. Don't drink. Go for a coffee. Don't just go out for one beer. And quite honestly, one beer, I'm tired afterwards with one yeah, beer. Yeah, it kills really you. Really tired. Like- it's not, I'm not good. productive. Yeah, I agree with you. And I'd rather go for a pedicure with Jimmy. Right. Have, a, have an espresso while getting a pedicure instead of having one beer. Yeah. One beer now, is a waste of eight bucks. Now, it if is. I drive somewhere, it's different, obviously. Yes. Like, like if I'm, you know, I'll meet you up for a pint, but I've got to drive. It's a little bit different, right? That's yeah, understandable. Then, even then, Charms, if you said, let's go for a pint, you're still having one or two. Right. Yeah. Maybe a cheeky third if you're if you're not bad, and if you've had a dinner, <laughs> if you've had something to eat, <laughs> you've had something to eat. That's what you told the cop. It was just a cheeky third. It was just yeah. a cheeky one, officer. I, I can fool that breathalyzer on my steering wheel every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they still do that? The breathalyzers and steering wheels for like like degenerate DUIers. What you got to blow blow into your yeah? They, there's like some they have like contraptions, right? I tell you, you do not want to get caught drinking and driving. You, you do not. It's not only costly; it's embarrassing, and you got to get this thing and blowing it in their car. I've had, I've I've known people that had that, and uh, lawyers and oh my god, it's just it's not worth it. I don't know why people would even bother. It's no. just not worth it. No, I've got a couple of buddies who got done with years that. ago. It just derailed their lives. Yeah. Yeah. And if you need your vehicle to drive, then oh my jeez. I've got a friend though that has a portable breathalyzer he'd bring to bars and we'd all just see who could bright blow the highest by the end of the night. It's <laughs> <That's always> <laughs> <laughs> like 4.0, Jesus Christ, or whatever it was. That was always well, fun. That's somewhat responsible. Yeah. 
No one was driving. <laughs> tell you what, no one's driving in London right now, and he's London because A, you can't get around in the best of times, but there's this big freaking open top bus driving around full of drunken West Ham players. And, and there's hundreds of thousands of fans in the street, Craig. Man, the scenes from London today after their Conference League win is just incredible. It really is. Like, honestly, I have no idea. And I don't think, well, they, they didn't either because I've been texting people, West Ham fans, and a whole bunch of them there that uh, we got a WhatsApp group and had it for years. I don't know how many are on there. Dozens of West Ham fans that don't even really know any of them, but um, only from getting to know them on there. And they had no idea because I was like, are you surprised by how many people? And they're like, yeah, like this is surprising. Got my kids with me and it's a little bit too busy. And he was worried about his kids. And yeah, it was almost got to a point where it was a little bit scary at times. But, you know, that's incredible when you think about London. I was just because East London's a special place. I mean, very working class. It's always been that way for over hundreds of years, really. And you look at other clubs in London that are much bigger than West Ham, you know, from a, from a following standpoint, you know, the biggest in London would be Chelsea and then Arsenal and Spurs. I mean, from a social media, just on Twitter, Chelsea have 24.6 million. West Ham have 2.6 million. Tottenham have (laughs) 21.6. You know what I mean? So like there's Spurs got 8.6 million. Like it's nuts. The, the, the amount to put that in perspective, Toronto Maple Leafs, 2 million. They've been around 100 years. Like it's, we think we're a, a nation that likes a certain sport and the level, the difference is massive. And I mean that in a way like when, even when we went to the pub, Wonger, a few hundred West Ham fans, we, we could hardly, hardly get in there. We got like, we was like getting on a busy subway. It was like just trying to squeeze your ass into the, into the pub. We ended up getting looked after pretty well, but even the, with the, with the chanting and the culture and the history, it was a much better atmosphere, more passionate than Canada at the world cup events. Like really, like grown men, the freaking people crying, like they've never seen this before. This is West Ham; they don't win anything, yeah. and they keep supporting them through thick and thin. Yeah, they've always been a well-supported club, though. They've always had great fans. Oh, yeah, right. And yeah. it's it's been so difficult for them over the years as well as everybody kind of pulls away the other teams in London. You know, your Arsenal's, your Tottenham's, and Chelsea's, where they've got the funds, they got the money that's back in the clubs and. Yeah. But the one thing you can always say about West Ham fans is that they are probably one of the most loyal in the country. They are yeah. they are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And they're true fans. They're true fans. Well, you have to be when you're following West Ham. If you're a, if you're a diehard fan traveling around following them over the years like is yeah. you know, like most of them are like, "I can't believe we've fucking done it." Like, well, let's not forget, Craig. It. In recent years, it has been a toxic environment at that stadium. Toxic. The Couple owners couldn't ago. even go there for threat of violence. Those fans love that badge, that crest, so much. If they think they're being, you know, given a disservice by ownership, management, board level, whatever, players, they'll let them know about it. Oh yeah. Well, there was times, wasn't there? Was it was it last, like two years ago where the fans came up the stands and confronted the the board? Gordon they, Sullivan. Yeah, where they wanted to fight. Oh yeah. Oh, they'll let you know. Yeah, they wanted Gold, Sullivan, and and Brady. They wanted them all out. I mean, that was a big thing. And they, and they wanted Moyes gone. And this, this just a few months ago, we got to get rid of Moyes. We're not even going to stay in the Premier League. Then they stay in the Premier League and they go on to win the conference. It's like, man, it's a it's a roller coaster of emotions following oh, a yeah. club like West Ham. Hey, by the way, I think we need to talk about Moyes' dance. Did anybody see that? <laughs> <laughs> Good for him. I love it. That was brilliant. He said he was going to go full Mourinho, right? And the knee slide, but he goes, his knees couldn't take it and the grass is too dry. He could <laughs> end up doing himself over. <laughs> oh, in the dressing room, he was just having a, he was like having the best life. Like, is that, that's his first him. trophy, right? His first trophy? Major, yeah. Yeah, major trophy. Yeah. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, I mean, I don't know. They could have won the Champions League. Jimmy, and I don't think there'd be a bigger crowd out than today. It really did legitimize the Conference League and just what that means for for football and for these type of clubs, clubs that won't necessarily be in Champions League football very often. Yeah. <laughs> what is JC doing? Well, I'm just filling in for Craig while he jumps out. So once he's ready to come back in, I'll jump back out. Okay, can you pretend you're Craig? Uh, no, it's my time. Bye. All right, bye.
Craig's back. There he is. All right, Craig. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, really missed a, a moment there. Um, yeah. What was I talking about? Oh, you're yeah. So, so, no, I, so uh, Charms, I think what, what you're getting at, and it's it's amazing to see is that, you know, a club like West Ham that yeah, hasn't won much over the years that have actually done something in Europe and won that trophy, just how much it means to the fans, the players, you know, it, when you, when you look at Man City and Arsenal or not Arsenal, Man City, well, maybe Arsenal back a few years. Um, and Man United, like these teams are used, they're used to winning. They're used to winning championships or trophies. And when you get a club, with a great fan base like West Ham that finally, after what was it, 47 years, yeah. wins, wins a championship, it is, it's, it's amazing. Like, that's why the game is so brilliant is because, like, I'm not a West Ham fan, but when I'm watching those players celebrate and they, they sent 25,000 fans over to Prague and, and they finally won something after 40-odd-something years, it's amazing. It's yeah, I agree with you, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and they get that feeling from people even in England that are like sort of, you know, you don't see that very often in British football where people say from other clubs, I'm really happy that, you know, West Ham's won this, you know, and good for yeah. them. And, and it doesn't doesn't happen very often. It's uh yeah, it's a, a special, special time. And this this leads um, us to Craig. This leads us to one of our Wonger's mail sack questions as we're going through this. And it's from Cyrus, Cyrus the Great 93. And he says, What do you do? Who's that? And he asks, uh, Now that West Ham won the Conference League, does it make it easier or harder for Declan Rice to leave this summer? Ooh. I think he's already made his mind up to leave. That doesn't matter. Declan Rice. So, uh, no, I think it makes it easier for him because he was going to leave anyway, and now he's left, and I don't think there's literally anything that that, that young man could do to taint his reputation at West Ham, and that's very rare to be able to leave a club and never have that quite like that. Rio Ferdinand never had that. As good as he was for West Ham, they, you know, they, they don't look at him at the same light. Well, they will do with Declan Rice. I mean, Declan Rice is in the Bobby Moore category. And on and off the field, he's just an absolutely brilliant guy. Like you, you can't help but love the guy. Like, and, and I hope he goes on and he plays for England and West Ham and he wins the World Cup one day and he raises the trophy and West Ham can take some credit for that because like that's where you're going to see him next for as far as West Ham fans go because he's he's done for yeah. the club for sure. But he but the other thing is too, I think with Declan Rice is he can relate to the fans because he's he's one of theirs. He's come through the youth system. Right, worked his way up, got into the first team, became captain. He's yeah. a, just a legendary figure, and I think for him now to walk away from West Ham, now's the time if he's going to do it. Right, won a trophy, walk away now, perfect. Because you will always be a, you, he'll be a god there. They're going to have a stand named after this guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's really. Well, I mean, something. he could have left early. He could have left two years ago, right? He chose not to. He is a loyal, loyal servant, right? He's not a kid. He's young enough now that he can make the move in his prime. So I think the fans appreciate that and understand that they can't compete with the Real Madrid's, the the Chelsea's, the you know cities, obviously. But they, they love him, and, and I thought I got it here. I'll play his uh, little speech, shall I? To the fans today. This is from a BBC broadcast. This is absolute classic. To be honest with you, I didn't expect this many people tonight, but it is West Ham, so we're fucking massive Yeah! Okay, so once again, I do apologise for the language of Declan Rice. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. It's amazing. <laughs> what do they expect? I know. What BBC. do they expect? Oh, yeah. You know what? West Ham's a funny old club. It's one of those clubs. And this year, you know, you're from London and you have your, you know, team that you love and you probably hate West Ham if you're a Millwall fan, for example, right? But they're, they're, they're a nice club, a good club to, to, to watch and to not as – I don't agree with second teams, but I've always had a, a sympathetic ear to West Ham fans for whatever mm. reason, right? They don't call you know, I, think there, I, I honestly think there's a bit of a Ted Lasso effect too. 
As far as North America goes, and and there was West Ham fans in that bar in that pub yesterday that nobody's ever seen before, right? And they're new. And then some of the West Ham fans say that you know when they're walking around with West Ham shirts on, they're like, "Oh, Ted Lasso is that actually a really te- a real team?" <laughs> That's a great point, actually. Yeah, because they're such a huge part of the season. And the, could you know, be Ted Lasso's team, Richmond United, or whatever they are. They're they're not even a real team, but yeah, West Ham. Is yeah. So a, how did uh, see why that's a, a very good question from somebody? That knows. How did West Ham end up getting that role in the series? I wonder because the Premier League got a deal with with Apple to license some images and some rights for this series. How did West Ham get that? Because a lot of clubs would have dreamed of having that exposure. I wonder. I, I think there is well. There's that subtle of advertising and gambling too with Betway. I mean, how much are, you know were they giving money to it? You know, because that's Good point. that type of advertising they love. What do they call that down? There's something about it. It's like a, it's integrated it's not marketing advertising placement, yeah, product placement almost. Wasn't wasn't Richmond actually in East London as well? So that was the the, the rival between Richmond and West Ham, or no? Was that not right, or were they? No, the rivalry was because Rupert, who was a former owner of Richmond, the ex-husband of the current owner, yeah, bought West Ham, and then Nate, the little snake, little fucker that he is, I don't like him, went over to West Ham, Wonder Boy. But, (laughs) but Richmond's in London. Yeah, it's meant to be in London. Yeah, Yeah, they are. Yeah, I know that. I know they play at Selhurst Park, but is it? Was Richmond and, and West Ham not supposed to be like a little rival? Maybe. Were team? they local rivals? Like, were they Millwall? Hmm. I don't know. They're kind of like Brentford. I would say that close, like kind of in reality, Brentford Football Club. Maybe. Something like that. That would be the closest. Well, yeah, thing we, to Richmond. we could easily just Google Richmond to find out where it is in a map. <laughs> it's in London somewhere. Well, I don't even know what that's. It, it, I'm sure there's a Richmond in London, but it, that might not be. There might not be actual a Richmond. There not, may not be. You know what I mean? That might. I think, be there there is, I, think I read that there is. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I think. Hang on. Let me just uh, have a look here. By the way, what, Wonga, while I look up this, can you tell us? You know what it's like when you when you walk into a packed bar. It's a small bar on Queen Street, Dog and Bear, West Ham bar, packed with West Ham fans, and you walk in with Craig Fucking Forrest, a West Ham legend. What happens? Uh, I feel like the ugliest girl at the dance. (laughs) (laughs) It's basically they bump through me to get a picture with him. They asked me to take pictures. Hey, Wonger, can you hold my jacket? I was holding Craig's jacket at one point. I was his fucking valet at the (laughs) bar at the Dog and Bear yesterday. Now, that being said, you know, he went and got me a drink on my tab. (laughs) Another West Ham fan bought that drink for you. Oh, no wonder it was only 13 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a cheap drink. But do mm-hmm. like fans like swoon when they see Craig walk through? They do. They do. Yeah. I mean, I think there are all, there's a few differences. One of the, one of the uh, chaps that was there was one chaps. of chaps. One yeah, of the people. Let's go with lads. One of the I don't know, chaps, lads. Chaps a wrong word. Yeah, it doesn't really fit. All right. It's kind of like it's kind of like when North Americans trying to say English. Uh, look oh, at you, chaps. Okay. It doesn't work. Perfect. One of the chaps that were there <laughs> was friends with JC, and his name was Steve. And and Steve had su- he was a big West Ham fan. And Craig during the pandemic, uh, JC had organized a shirt signing. So he had sent it over and uh, Craig signed it for him. I think one of the times we were in the garage freezing our asses off. Yeah, we have pictures of it. Is that it? And then, so Steve was there, introduced himself, said, are you friends with JC? How's he doing? Miss that guy. And then started taking pictures with Craig. So, I mean, this is what he is, the bell of the ball. He is, you know, he literally is Cinderella after uh, after the fairy godmother kind of dresses her up. I did get a Craig. message today from Steve who said, hey, hope you're well. Can you please send that picture over of me and Craig? Thanks. <laughs> so <laughs> like, like, like Spank Bank. You got to think they're, they're they, especially being Canadian. 
Uh, I think that Canadian West Ham fans, Craig is like, it's like a God to them. And just yeah. knowing like, it's, it's, just think about it, one of their own went over and played at their team. And maybe that's the reason that they became West Ham followers, Craig, because, because you bridge that gap between Canada and, uh, and English football. Well, I think most of them were already West Ham fans, but I think the fact that you know they've moved over here and there's a little bit of a disconnect between them and the football club, and they and that's why you go to those pubs and you, you you want a connection with those fans and you want to feel like you're almost in Prague for the final, and you get that a little bit. Um, and they had the bubble gum, the bubble gun, so they were oh, doing they the bubbles. Gun. They sang uh, "Always Blowing Bubbles" like three or four times. Yeah. Forever uh, blowing bubbles. Forever blowing bubbles. And we are you. massive. <laughs> we are massive is amazing they just sort of tongue-in-cheek with that but and then the amount of swearing when the ref didn't call at the extra time remember it was supposed to be done at six minutes i think they gave six minutes yeah and it went well, for you, like you, went remember when bowen uh, bowen was it bowen in the first half took a big dive and the referee gave a, it looked as though it was a free kick and everybody in the bar was like yeah like it's a free kick on the top of the box and the referee runs. He gives a, comes up and he gives him a yellow. They're all like, "Wow!" Oh, oh, oh. Then they watch it again. Everybody's like, "Oh, okay, okay." Was it dog? That's the best, isn't it? That right at the moment, everybody's losing it, Bella, and then you see the replay, and you're like, "Oh yeah, okay." Yeah, yeah. Enough, fair enough. Yeah, what, one of the very best moments, Wonger, was was uh, was the handball for the first penalty. Oh yeah. Guys, I don't know if you were watching the game, but they showed the replay when the referee went to the screen. And I'll right away. I said to Wonger, I said, that's, that's, if they, they give it to Grealish, they're going to give it to this is a penalty. And they kept showing the replay in slow motion. And every time they did it, it was like, whoa. And as soon as his hand touched the ball, it was, and then it was, like, <laughs> and it was over and over again. And they kept showing it over and over again. Like it was, it seems like 50 times. It was so funny. And then the referee gives the penalty. It was, just, yeah, a lot of fun. Shit, man. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, the, the beauty of the game, eh? Just shows what can happen. And, you know, I wonder, we should ask our listeners, there must be a lot of West Ham fans. I think you're right, JC, a lot of West Ham fans who became West Ham fans because they had a Canadian player. I mean, that's a long time ago now, right? These 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 young kids who discovered West Ham through Craig are now, like, in their 30s, right? They're still West yeah. Ham fans. <laughs> Sorry, but it's true. Yeah. Lifetime of misery. <laughs> not anymore no I think it's great I, like I said before I think this cup that's been so maligned we've made fun of it Wonga still doesn't know what it is um, it just shows that for clubs of a certain level right and that's that's fine it's enormous and you wouldn't see celebrations any bigger than no. had they won the Champions League you know you talk to some of these other, I was saying about some of these bigger like clubs in London and oh you know this conference league is you know it's it's below them well you just saw t- what's going on well Spurs, I don't give a shit. They've not won shit. Like, we don't know what they're like. They won nothing. So, there you go. West Ham is on top of Spurs now. Yeah. Spurs haven't won. At least in the trophy cabinet. Thousand days. (laughs) Well, there's a biggie one going Saturday. Champions League final. The other European Cup. Man City against Inter Milan. Um, City, the huge favorites in this one. Like, they're, they're big favorites. There's no value in the money line in, in this one. Um, let, let's start this by, let's just get right to our predictions, first of all. Okay, give me our, give me some score lines here, and then we'll get into it a little bit deeper. Okay, so uh, Jimmy, let, let's start with you. What's the, the final score going to be into whom? 3-1 Man City. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, you I'm can't say it now, so suck it. <laughs> <laughs> 2-1-N. 2-1, okay. A tighter <laughs> affair. Tight game, is it? Yeah, it's going to be tight. Always going to be tight. <laughs> Wonga, give us a scoreline. 4-0. Ooh, 4-0. Oh. All right. For Inter? Ooh. No. <laughs> 4-0 City. JC, give us a scoreline. I'm going to go 5-2 for Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> okay, that's a good one too, JC. Thank you. Yeah, yeah that could happen. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two nil. Oh, there we go. All this means nothing because we'll forget about the score lines by uh, Monday morning show. Um, but looking at this, the elevens, I, I don't know if any Man City players, sorry, any Inter Milan players would get into the Man City eleven starting eleven. 
if we're doing this combined 11, you know, mashups, which we do a lot, are there any Inter Milan players that would make Man City starting 11? Mm. No. I I'll don't be think honest so. with you. I, I'm not going to say that I've watched a ton of Inter Milan. Um, it's been distracted by other things. Um, so, but I would say probably not. Well, let's go through there. Let's go through what will likely be the starting 11 for Inter Milan, right? And we'll see who comes close at least, right? So they, they, they play the 3 5 2, right? Anana in goal is a really good goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Fairness, right? He, he's great, but Edison's spectacular. One of the best in the world with his feet in particular. Um, Bastoni at center back, one of the three. He's good. Mm-hmm. I don't see him getting in there over Diaz. Or if Walker's playing in a back three, or if they stick Ake in there, Ekanji's been brilliant. Uh, John right. Stones, whether he's back there or in the midfield, I just don't see it. Do you? No, I don't. A Serbi? Good player. Really good player. Mm-hmm. He's not breaking this city. 11, is he, Jimmy? No, not at all. He's I don't say Spurs. I can't. He'd be Listen, a Spurs don't... player. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. Like the Inter Milan, they're they're a good team. They've got good players. Yeah. But when you look at Man City and the players that they have, and even the players that are coming off the bench would start in any Premier League team. So for this Inter team to come in there and any player trying to start for Man City right now, no chance. There's no way. Yeah, Damian's not going to make the City um, no. eleven. DeMarco's mm. great as a wing back on the left-hand side, but <laughs> come on. Uh, Brozovic, Chalnoglu, good players. Barella's brilliant. Dumfries, love him. Oh, love yeah. him on the right-hand side. Yeah. But he's not yeah. making the Man City starting 11. No. no. Latora Martinez? No. No. Right? Yeah. Um, Edin Dzeko? <laughs> Edin Dzeko, he was at City, you remember? Yeah. He's 37 years old. He's going to start the Champions League fund. Good for him. It's amazing. He's keeping yeah. Lukaku at the team. So I, I don't... I mean, listen, finals do weird things to players. And, and Pep Guardiola overthinks things sometimes. He's been proven to do that. Remember the last Champions League final against Chelsea? He dropped Rodri. Remember that nonsense? Yeah. Right. And you never know. Things. You never know. I remember, remember years ago when uh, <clears throat> Mourinho was coaching Inter against uh, Barcelona in the final. I think it and I think the shots uh, shots were like 20 to 1, I think, for Barcelona. And Inter managed to somehow win the game. So football is a weird thing. It's a yeah. funny old game sometimes. And finals can – you just get the, one of those games, Jimmy, where you're like, you just can't score. You can't – you know, you get all these chances. Yeah. And, and these guys are good defenders generally. Yeah. And then the problem is for the teams that are the favorites. You know, if – if it's a two-leg, you're like, okay, no problem. We can get there. But we know we're going to get on top of them at some point. But when it's a one-off game, it's whoever shows up. So it doesn't matter who you are, what you've got in paper. It's whoever shows up for the game. It is. Um, from, from a tactical standpoint, um, it's 4-3-3 or whatever the hell City is. I mean, listen, we know it changes to a three at the back really quickly to a 3-4-3, three, three, whatever. But we know what Inter Milan play, right? Three five two, two two up front. I mean, from a tactical standpoint, Jimmy, you're up against a three five two. What what issues could that cause, Pep, who's been playing that three at the back system for the last number of weeks? Well, he'll look to, he'll look to draw one of the this the, one of the three center backs. So when you're sitting there with three, you've got to pull pull some out out of position to make sure that you can get him behind, right? So. I expect probably they're going to have some inverted wingers coming in or maybe the box in the middle mm-hmm. to, to suck players in, out of position so that Holland can get in behind. Because if you don't pull center backs out of position, then you're not getting in behind. So yeah. they've got to figure out, do we go inverted wingers? Do we do we box that middle so that we can, we can slowly take out? I know Wonger's laughing at the box, but... You guys understand it. I'm, I'm laughing at every term because if Walsh was on right now, she'd make some sexual innuendo. Yeah, the word yeah. box would definitely be used. Box, in. suck, yeah. get behind, suck yeah. in. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. 
<laughs> no, but, but, they they the but the problem with that, Jimmy, too, they got two up front. If they if they decide to press in that, and those two players, you're going to pass through them very, very quickly. Now, numerically, you've then you got to disadvantage. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Advantage sometimes, you know, so they got to be very careful by actually how they're going to play those two. And I don't think Pep is worried because his players are so comfortable on the ball. He'll squeeze, he'll push those guys, like Jimmy says, in the midfield. And now they got decisions to make. Yeah. Are you you're going to track him or are you going to let him go off you? Well, they're, they're going to cut you apart if you don't track him. So you can end up being socked back even when you don't want to be necessarily. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, when when you do that, and if, if they've got the three as well, when you're trying to draw the, the center backs out of position, you know, that's where your third man runs come into play now. So as the center backs getting drifted out into those areas that they don't want to go into – because they have to, then that's when you're looking for the other men to come in from behind. And then your wide players coming across the line, trying to get in behind now, because that's going to be the space, right? That's the pocket when it opens up is once, once, once those center backs come out of position. That's right. And the best team is that you see the guys off the ball that do an awful lot of work making these runs. You might make a 40 yard run with no intention of getting the ball, but you're going to open up space. You're going to drag somebody away. It's, it's, Very similar. I mean, we talk about you know, basketball. Eh? Wonger, I know you know that well. It's like same sort of thing: pass and move, make make space. Remember, yeah. Klinsman, Jurgen Klinsman was a a big component when he was in Los Angeles, going to see the Lakers and talking to Phil Russell or Phil no Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson rather. Yeah, about about training and basketball and the some of the similarities. Interesting. No, you're, you're right, Craig. And look, I remember when I was playing basketball growing up, and I love basketball, and, but I liked it as well because the tactical sense of it as well, where, you know, as soon as I was man-to-man, I was moving, I was moving out of space to create space. So, it's all, I mean, Craig, you know that we call it unselfish running, mm-hmm. where you just move to draw another man out of space that opens up an area for somebody else to come into, Right. And as Mm -hmm. soon as someone gets touched tight, it's like, okay, can I draw this guy out of that area so my next man can come in into this pocket now and he gets on the ball? It's very similar. Although sometimes when you made a big run, Jimmy, and you you were expecting the ball, that's a piss off, isn't it? (laughs) No, I was furious. (laughs) And only because when if you're playing a wing back position and and I've made a 50, 60 yard run and I don't get the ball, the first time I'm like, all right, I look at the man. Hey, okay, no problem. The second, third time, the fourth time, fuck it. I'm not running again. That's enough. <laughs> I'm not doing anymore. I'm not doing that long run anymore. No, done. Um, having, broken, having, having broken down the tactical battle in this weekend's match, can we revisit our predictions again, please? I'm saying it's going to be 6 nothing your city now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else can't say we're going to say there's going to be one nothing. What's that? I thought you were going to say there's one nothing inter. In a, no, no, Jimmy, like you, and you, Craig, you, you taught me into this would be a route. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't listen. I, I don't think, you know, and the one thing that they're going to be watching, inter is going to be figuring out how do, how do we sub uh, John Stones when he comes into the middle of the park, right? So when he steps up and he comes in there and he overloads and the wide, wide players come in, and they overload as well. They've got to figure out tactically how they're going to figure this out because they know City's going to have loads of loads of possession, and they're going to be thinking, okay, well, we're as soon as we do get it and we look to get on the counter, where are we going? Where can we exploit? Right? 
does Kyle Walker, is Kyle Walker coming in a little bit too much? Is that over the right back area? Is that where we've got to go? Is that where we're looking for the striker to go? As soon as we win it, don't even look. Just put it in that channel because we can get in behind there. There's so much that they're going to be looking at, and they're going to be looking at so much tape. But Man City's movement and their overloads in areas is just – it's too much. It's crazy. Very quiet. So I'm saying 5-2 now. 5-2 oh, now. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what JC said? Oh, but it was for Spurs, so like I guess – It was Spurs, yes. <laughs> yeah. I stick – no, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I'm going to change mine uh, to – uh, 3-2 Inter well the well, just, just to be a dick are. just to be a dick you get good odds for that oh yeah yeah really good in fact I'll put a dollar on that and see what that pays yeah I do put a dollar on that for shits and giggles well, put, a, put, put five on it from all of us alright <laughs> just in case we're not going to give you a dollar though if you lose forget the scoreline it's a win um, but very quietly Erling Haaland's a shit footballer by the way. So that has changed things. He's scoreless in four games, one goal in his last seven. Yeah. One season wonder. One season wonder. Yep. The old sophomore <laughs> jinx is on its way for didn't, old Erling didn't, didn't I say this last time? He reached the he reached the zenith too quick. Yep. He's it's all downhill for him. He's climaxed and, before the pants came off. That's right. And he had the the baby blue pajamas, in there. and it's hookers <laughs> and blow from now on with this guy. Yep. Where did it all go wrong? As a wise man once asked George Best, as yeah. he's lying in bed with Miss World. <laughs> Can you imagine George Best on social media. Oh no! Oh, watch out! No, must no. follow. He'd, He'd be, be a trouble. must follow. He got in enough trouble without it. Yeah, I know. And, and, and imagine, and imagine him making eighty, a hundred grand a week. He would have drunk. He would have drank three livers out instead of just two. <laughs> well, he would have bought another one. He would have bought him seven extra two. He would have had four livers. <laughs> what a dude! Oh, Wonga, you know about George Best, right? How he, I, I, he got I, a liver I, a liver transplant and then and drank that one dry as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember watching him on TV. He was green at one point. It was sad to see. Yeah, uh, Brian Budd played against him a lot, right, in the old NASL days. And he said, uh, on more than one occasion, they'd be, you know, lining up for a whatever it was, free kick or whatever. And then they'd be talking and they could, he could smell the booze on George Best's breath. And I'm pretty sure Bessie could smell the booze on Budgie's breath, to be honest with you. <laughs> but he left that part out. They were probably out together. <laughs> probably, yeah. Wouldn't yeah. surprise me. No, George Best and Budgie would get along really well. Yep. Like a house on fire, Jesus Christ. That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, Vancouver, Canadian champions. Again. Again. Dominance. Yeah, Vanny Sati is my favorite manager in the world. Yep. Good, good for them, though. Another huge trophy in the cabinet. We talk about cabinets and trophies and mm. teams missing out on opportunities. Vancouver, just by winning these things, you know, you, you build confidence right there. I don't know, are they the best Canadian team? At this point, probably just about. Mm. It's hard to say West versus East, right? But um, mm. you can't deny Craig. This this tournament, they, they kind of own it right now. There was it was actually really that second half was really exciting, and the the goalkeeper, Japanese goalkeeper, I can't remember, pronounce his last name. Yeah. Great save, it, Jimmy? By the way, Jimmy. Great energy on the calls, by the way. Like fucking felt it. Like your energy was levels yeah. were really really good. But you know, it's funny because. You know, when you do call the games, the game dictates to you, right? And when you see yeah. the passion of the players and the energy and mm. the tempo of a match, you get right into it, don't you? Yeah. And I, yeah. listen, I'm, I'm, and you guys know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Montreal fan. I'm not a Vancouver fan, but I'm a football fan. And when you watch that game, it was just, I thought it was brilliant. I thought Vancouver on the day was absolutely amazing. And when mm. you watch Sirwa, some of the saves that he made within the first 15 minutes, I was like, Jesus. This guy's unbelievable. He's keeping his team in the match because it could Montreal yeah. could have been down three nil, four nil at, mm. at one point. And he also could have tied it uh in the last ten, in the last five, in the last, last kick. The last yeah. kick of the game. It was so exciting. Yeah. Good crowd too. Biggest crowd of the season. Twenty thousand plus for that was yeah. good. But Vancouver's keeper, yo, he, he made a he made a great great save at the end at the end as well. 
I thought that that was almost in, by the way, that little scramble towards the end. But Stephen I think Fry. I, it reminded me of Stephen Fry, except Stephen Fry was the other post in the final. Remember that save he made yeah, against Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. Similar yeah. to that. Like kind of just lobbing back into the back into it. I mean, he, he couldn't get any pace on it, Jimmy, right? Because the header is coming on him when he's backpedaling, but still. But still. Yeah, because that, that when you're backpedaling, you just, you're just trying to – directed on goal aren't you you're just you're trying to and you got to get some power and it's hard to get that power when you're going back but mm. you know when you know i thought i thought sirwa was absolutely amazing. i mean look he he messed up as well on that on the first goal right when remember it was a lofted ball that came over top and brian white was coming in and he's came out and he, he was waiting for it to land a little bit to volley it he, he misread it and cost him a goal but i, I yeah. you couldn't hammer him because I thought he was absolutely brilliant throughout the match, apart from that one mistake that he made. And there was, I don't, if you guys remember that one time, you know, when it, it was uh, Vancouver's come down the left side, they cut it back. He's had, players had a strike and he's diving to his left. Oh, yeah. He's taking a deflection off, off, the, off the defender and he's just left his leg out and just caught it with his foot. I was stand, I stood up off my seat. I was like, "How did he just save that?" What a, it was remarkable his save. It was it was crazy. But it I, was. I really enjoyed the game. I thought Vancouver were were brilliant. I don't think they they from the first minute of the match to the end they were on the front foot. I thought their pressure, the way they closed down, the way that they played the tempo. Um, I thought they were a little bit. They were too much for Montreal. And what they did was they overloaded the middle of the park as well, and it didn't allow Montreal to, to play. So when Yama couldn't get on the ball, Swanier couldn't get on the ball as well. Then they started going a little bit direct, which meant as soon as you went direct, it's a 50-50. And all of a sudden, Montreal were picking up – or Vancouver's picking up second pieces. Yeah. And then they were, you know, they, they were back defending again. And that's where, that's where they lost the game. Um, but yeah, when they got that, that- – at the end of the game, near the end, they were putting these balls up like head high. Like it's like I was saying to Warren, I go, what is he going to do with that? Like he can't yeah. bring it down. He can't hold it up. He's got no support, nobody to flick it to. It's just a wasted no. ball. You're just giving away possession. No. Really, but that's all it was. It was just 50 50s that Montreal ended up playing. For me, they went a little bit too direct. You know, I didn't feel there was enough movement. And then obviously, if you're overloading the middle of the park, well, you've got to go out wide now. And they didn't. And they had a little bit of joy in the first half where they did go out wide and started, you know, getting balls in. But their quality in the final third, um, it wasn't wasn't good enough. Did you think that Vancouver enough. was sitting a little bit? I thought they were they were getting deeper and deeper as the game was going on, and I was just like, like screaming at them, like get out to the top of the box. They just seemed to, you know, be inviting pressure, and those headers were coming from six, yeah. seven yards well, out. You, you know, you know what? It, yeah, Craig, you know what it's like when you're you're up two 0 Right, you're coming into the last 10, 15 minutes of the game, and you naturally have that tendency where you start. You're looking at the clock and going, "Okay, now, now it's hold on time. Let's just hold on. Let's hold on." And then when they do score, now you 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 have that tendency to to drop even more now, yeah. right? Where you invite the pressure, and you've got to be on the front foot and think, "No, forget it. Pretend it's like the tenth minute of the match." And we that's just why you never listened to me. It was like, "Jimmy, get out, get to the top of the box. What the fuck?" Yeah, and I was like, "No, we're under, we're in trouble, we're in trouble." Bunker yeah. in, bunker yeah. in, <laughs> big man, come and collect it. <laughs> <laughs> They're going long, <laughs> and then and then you know it's like right, like they they start going direct, they start going mm. long balls in the box, and it's headers and flick ons, and it's pure panic mode, and you just you you've got to roll up the sleeve and make sure everybody's in it together now to, to finish the game off. And I thought Vancouver did that. They, they did it well. And uh, I thought they were the better, better team on the day. Mm. Good is that just a collective ma- mindset? Is that just a collective mindset of footballers? Because it drives fans crazy, right? When a close game, your team's up 1-0 and they just start sitting deeper and deeper and deeper. It's just a, a mindset as opposed to perhaps a, a tactical instruction then is what you're saying? Sometimes. Yeah, I- Sometimes, yeah. I'm, what it is, Charms, is it's easy to play when you're losing. Meaning you're down, okay, let's play, and we get on the ball, and we start going a little bit forward. You start going a little bit more direct, 
And when you got to hold the lead, you're good until maybe the last 15 minutes, 10 minutes of the match. And then that's when you're going, okay, here we go. Because the other, the opposition start going a little bit more direct. They're a little bit more in the front foot. They make substitutions as well. They change their tactics. They start putting more players up top because they want to pin you back. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you're getting pinned back and you're like, Oh no, we, we we can't we can't press like we were because now all of a sudden they've got so much they've got an overload in the box, so I can't come out of position now like I would do in the in the fiftieth minute or sixtieth minute. So Montreal made substitutions where they were just going, let's go every let's put up more strikers, midfield, wide players, let's overload this and we're gonna go direct. So it yeah, forces take, take you chances. now to defend. They have to take chance because they got nothing to lose now, right? Yeah. But a great way to uh, to end, like you said, the the tournament. A really good tournament. Great storylines. TSS Rovers did so well, of course. Um, mm-hmm. The CPL teams, I thought, did themselves proud as well in the end, of course. We're, we're not quite to the point where a CPL team is going to get quite that far. Maybe not too far off. Hey, but, uh, hey the League One even, though. Hey, sure? No. Yeah. Yeah. You think they got – no, no, I'm not saying they're going to win, but I'm saying they got no, to play – Yeah. Like Vaughn played somebody, right? Vaughn played uh, – CF Montreal? No. Yeah, I played Montreal. Yeah. But you yeah. could see the gap. The gap is huge. With oh, yeah. League but one. it is cool that they do that. It should be opened up to them. And I like that they've expanded that and they keep doing it. And there's more teams involved. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Make it like and I think that's, that's a discussion that we'll have over the, over the next few weeks. And we'll talk about, you know, League, league One and, and where they're at. And, and obviously because, you know, they're – it's non-for-profit clubs that own these teams, right? And these players, they, they don't make money. They're not getting paid. You know, it's a strain on a lot of the clubs, right? So it, it's great for, great for the cup, but it's, it's very difficult as well for, for the local football clubs. Do they not get paid at all in League no. One? No, no, they don't get paid anything. Half these guys are all working to show up and, you know, when they can. I hope so. Three three times three yeah they show up you know three times a week and play a game on a Saturday right right no but still congratulations to uh, Vancouver let's let's roll in some footy picks shall we now very quickly DJ Mello D it's footy So uh, MLS this weekend, we got TFC against Nashville. Draw Norton, huh? <laughs> Draw. <laughs> Draw. <laughs> I'm, Nashville, ninetieth minute. It could Draw. be late. <laughs> Draw. Um, TFC Nashville, Montreal, Minnesota, Vancouver, Cincinnati. Let me just check out the odds here, um, as it stands right now. All draws. All draws. Well, this is a good bet in CPL and in the MLS. Draws are good, pretty good bets when you're getting. We'll do a parlay, a, a, a Canadian parlay. Ooh, get a draw across. Hey, Montreal at home though, right? And they're playing paying plus money. When you get plus money, obviously. Uh, sorry, what I'm doing here. I'm getting confused. Oh yeah, sorry, Montreal, Minnesota. That's right, Montreal, Minnesota. Montreal's at plus one sixteen. Minnesota plus two fifteen. The draws plus two fifty for that, Jimmy. So. Um, if you want to go there, Toronto is at plus 165 as evens with Nashville, uh, McNaughton, and of course, uh, Jacob Schaffelberg, right? Back for Nashville there, former Ooh. TFC prodigies. Um, plus 225 for the draw there if you're interested. Yeah. And uh, where's Vancouver? Vancouver's um, home to Cincinnati. Yeah. Minus the 104. Problem, the only problem for me right now is Mont- Montreal can't score. They cannot score. They, they've got 15 goals. 15 goals in 16 games. And then, look, if we count, you know, through the yeah. Canadian Championship, they got a couple more, but they just cannot score a goal. And I think Vancouver in the league's got 29 goals. They, they can score goals. They can get forward and make something happen. Vancouver just, or Montreal just can't put the ball in the back of the net. It's helpful, right, when you can score goals in, in, in football. Yeah, <laughs> it makes a difference to a team, I think. Well, but, you know, some people seem to forget that you know that's the goal of this game <laughs> is to put the ball in the net. That was an it's awesome analysis. Thing to do. And if Such you can't, great analysis. You know, that's like that the Halifax, Halifax Wanderers, and they're like, oh yeah, we had great loads of possession. This I'm like, you haven't won in nine games. 
It's a training ground session. Like you need to score goals and win games. That's what it's all about. That's why strikers get all the girls, right? Yeah, that's true. Can we can we actually rank like position like the most desirable to the least desirable to girls by a position on a football pitch? Right? So so the goal score, the striker gets the best girls. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like the lead singer, like the lead singer, right? Yeah, the lead singer. Okay. Now, (laughs) who who is the um, the lead guitar on a football pitch? I I would say the I would say the wingbacks because they're close to the sideline. (laughs) (laughs) You, Jimmy, did you make eye contact and chat up some girls when you were playing that wide? You did, didn't you? You're up and down the line, so everybody gets to see you up close. <laughs> and both sides when you switch switch ends, right? You know, you're getting the whole stadium. Yeah, you get, I didn't even think of that. It's fantastic. <laughs> how many girls are, you are too far away? Be honest, how many girls did you actually get to pick up during a match? None. What are you talking about? <laughs> you think you're playing with your phone number and your shorts and you're like, That's pretty much what you're insinuating there. No. Jimmy no? would say I'll, I'll see you at Hooters later, but <laughs> I'll be telling him out of, out of Hooters. I think it was owned by a Canadian guy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. he was a, the guy that owned the Hooters on uh, on Adelaide. Oh, really? Same, same guy. Yeah. Same wow. guy. And it's still there today. Mm-hmm. In it Nottingham. Is. It is. Mm. Well, where, where? So, okay. So, your wing backs apparently your your lead guitar. I have a bit of difficulty believing that. Really, I think it's probably the the playmaking schemer in midfield. Um, who, who's, who's worse? The, okay, who's the drummer? Drummers, I think, pick up more than, than bassists. The bassists. That's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, exactly. Bassists so, are, the, are the bottom feeders. Yeah, in a four-piece band, you've got your lead singer, lead guitar. Forget rhythm guitar, right? Yeah. And you've got your, your drummer, because they're just, they're just filthy drummers, right? I they're think keepers are drummers. He's a goalkeeper. Keepers and drummers are the same. Keepers are the drummer, Yeah. 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 Because you're kind of tall and rangy. Yeah. You, have to, you get the scrubs. <laughs> you, you don't care, though, do you? Well, right. you know, beggars can't be choosers. That's true. Who's the, um, who is the bassist? Is it a center half? Hmm. Kind of cumbersome. I would say a John Stones type of guy. Like He can play center back and midfield as well. He's mm. keeping the rhythm going. But no identity. Oh, keeping the rhythm going. I like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Now you know. We just broken down football and music. <laughs> who can pick up girls the easiest? Yeah. Who gets the best girls? Yeah. Yeah. The strikers probably. Unless you're really even, short, like really even the other like, ones. Yeah, he's like even. a short striker. Well, like like the Toronto FC's the uh, Javinko. Javinko. If I was next to him, and maybe they would want to want the tall guy. Does that generally happen? Does it break out? Yeah. The inches go a long way, don't they? Yeah. Do you want 5'3 or do you want 6'6? Six, six? <laughs> Just think about Probably it. Probably neither. Think about it closely. <laughs> Just think about it. Put your hand up in the air. That's Just when Jimmy slips in. Is. Jimmy slips in. How about 5'9? 5'9? 6 foot. Thank you. CPO this weekend, York Atletico Ottawa. That's tasty. Uh, Wanderers Valor, Forge Pacific. That's nice. As is Cavalry against Vancouver. Um, Anything else you fellas want to get to? Oh, yeah. York uh, at home. York at home. Oh, that's where you want to get to. Yesterday, uh, after Craig, I just wanted to talk about our day of sport. So we went to the West Ham game, three o'clock. As we left there around 5.30, we went over to my house and then walked down to our local Gabby's for chicken wing, half-price chicken wing night, and the baseball game was still going. So we watched the Blue Jays win 3-2. Then we watched the basketball game, um, Denver beating Denver beating um, Miami. And then we walked back to my house and watched the Canadian Championship. So we did 10 hours of sports yesterday. That's a good day, isn't it? It was a good day. Yeah. That's a great day. Now, Wonga, last time you did that, not not four or five days ago, including the Gabbies and the Wings, you spent the next day on the can. You haven't learned from your mistake, have you? 
except I, I didn't spend the day on the can. So I did learn. I, uh, I, I'm so feeling good. You didn't salad. have any salad. I, I did have salad. I had uh, a okay. Caesar salad and I had some drinks, but they weren't beer. And uh, I had a whole yeah, slew. Beer, I know. Listen, I, couldn't I, eat a I, beer. I think with, with Warner after the, the day yesterday, I think he's a little bit disappointed that he didn't shit himself because it's summertime <laughs> and he's probably welcoming, welcoming himself shitting his pants so he can lose some weight. <laughs> well, he, he actually nearly did shit his pants on the way home. I did. From the I did. I, uh, I did. Home. I did. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then I got out of the bathroom and I had to, I had to describe how good it was to Greg while he was on the couch. And I was just like, dude, that was, I, as I'm getting older, I rank my, I think I'm ranking my dumps a lot higher than I used to. <laughs> I, I leave, I leave the bathroom going, that was like a 12. <laughs> They look at the mirror and be like, well done, son. Well done. Yeah. Tassie know, back. Does Tassie know how much time you're spending with Craig? Yeah. Yeah. She does. She's okay with She's it. She's very happy about it. Yeah, I'm doing her a favor. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. God, all he does is talk about his shits. Now, at least now he can talk to Craig about them. Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he doesn't talk to her about them very much. No. Hey, honey. <laughs> Today's, today's have a look at this one it's a beaut today's bowel movement was loose yeah as you put your sleep out of my arse you put your sleep apnea thing on oh that's the biggest pickup you just show one of those in your bedroom and so women hot. come women hey, come I've, flocking i've got one of them and i've got a freaking like a mouthpiece so i don't grind my teeth that's sexy oh Jeez, we just get disgusting as we get older, right? We do, we really do. Like we're just losing it entirely. It's pathetic. Like I have to put on a seat, like a a Darth Vader mask every time I go to sleep, just so I don't, so I can breathe, so I don't have a heart attack, and so my kids can sleep. So when you and Forrest are spooning, do you both get in the mask? How does that work? (laughs) That'd be that'd be kind of raunch. I like that. Just share that air. Yeah, must be nice in the morning with your breath, both of you. Oh. Oh, I'd rather I'd be like fart. a Ruben. <laughs> Call me Darth tonight. Want to see my lightsaber? I'm happy. I'm happy that he's in his own apartment tonight. <laughs> um, I'm not sure Fubo TV would appreciate me mentioning them now, coming out of that conversation. But if you want to watch football all summer, your best bet is to. Subscribe to FuboTV, FuboTV.com slash Footy Prime. Tons coming up this summer, including, of course, CPL every single week. We've got the Nations League just around the corner. The Gold Cup's just around the corner. Tons of football. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, please. Footy underscore Prime. And on Instagram as well. Why not? Every now and again, we'll post something on Instagram. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot. Uh, Fubo just sent me their their newsletter. They've got... Uh, Hellas Verona versus Spezia for the Serie A relegation playoff. Playoff, that's Sunday, right. They're doing it for the first Sunday time. Two forty-five, and then they've got a slew of CPL. Jimmy, are you doing any of the CPL games? Yep, this weekend. So they've got. We already talked about it. York United on Saturday versus Atletico Ottawa. Forge and Pacific on Saturday night. Calvary FC in Vancouver FC. He's Sunday not working around Saturday. Five. I did this earlier. No. Yeah. I read these matches out earlier. You're not working Saturday, Jimmy, are you? Nope. Well, I hope he's not working Saturday. You're going to be on a boat with him. Yeah. I'm on a boat. I've got a boat party. That'll be fun. Don't fall over. Oh, yeah. And the CONCACAF Gold Cup kicks off next week. Trinidad and Tobago, TNT versus Guadalupe, Friday at 440. Next Friday. Yeah. Concacaf Gold right. Cup. Um, that, but I just mentioned that that Spezia relegation playoff is the first time I think in a number of years they've had a playoff for, for teams that are drawn end of the year for relegation. Think about the pressure on that match. You think the playoff promotion is big, and it is obviously, but the pressure, oh my God, the loser is going game. down. Great wow. games. Yeah. Outstanding. Okay, everyone, that's uh, Footy Prime, the podcast. Um, Dubs was obviously on Wednesday's show. If you missed it, um, she's away today, um, hence her absence. Um, but she'll be back next week at some point. We're back on Monday morning, probably. Maybe yeah. Sunday night. 
at some point early next week you, you, you'll find us so uh, yeah. hey everyone thanks for listening and keep on newspapers follow us on twitter at footy underscore prime and on instagram at footy prime ig great show fellas. that was excellent good job guys that was a good one planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.